Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. You may be seated. What a tremendous presence of the Lord there is in this place today. Just a palatable presence of God. A moment ago, our praise team sang a song that we have sang often around here, and that is Wait on the Lord. And uh, just seems like the presence of God just moves in a special way every time we sing that song. And uh, the writer of that song is a man by the name of James Wilson. This past summer, Brother James Wilson was one of the speakers for one of our youth camps. And uh, I had the privilege to have dinner with him. My wife and I and our youth committee had dinner and we were sitting together. And so I just asked him, he's written several songs and I think we sing at least one, maybe more than, and uh, of his songs. And so I just asked him, I said, Brother Wilson, how did, how did this songwriting begin with you? And he said, when I was seven years old, he said, I was singing in the shower. And he said, a song just came to me and I just started singing and making it up. He said, my dad is a very gifted musician and singer. He said, but my mother is none of the above. But he said, when I got out of the shower, she came to me and she said, James, where did you hear that song? He said, I don't know, Mom. He said, I just, it just came to me while I was in the shower. And she stepped into that moment. And she said, James, this is God. And she said, not, not everybody experiences things. He's a seven-year-old kid. And she said, I want you to promise me something. I want you to promise me that when, when songs start coming to you, as much as you can, write them down. Of course, he said, I was only seven. I barely could write. He said, and what you can't write, he said, she said, you bring them to me and I'll write them down for you. And the Lord began to move in his life and he said when he got about 12 years old, he really started taking it serious and the rest is history as they say. My point in seeing all of that is I, I just told him when he, when he mentioned that, I said, well, I suppose that you're obviously and forever indebted to your mother for not only seeing that moment but for seizing that moment to encourage. Now, I'm not a proponent of parents telling their children that you can do anything you want to do. I mean, if somebody is born tone deaf, if God doesn't heal them, they're probably not going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame somewhere. That's just the bottom line. And uh, everybody's not supposed to be an astronaut and brain surgeon surgeon and things of that nature but I am 
wanting to encourage every parent to be sensitive to the spirit of God because God hear me today. I feel almost a spirit of prophecy on me right now that God is gonna raise up a generation with a greater anointing. And the reason I say greater anointing is not because we have failed, but in the hour in which we're living in, it's gonna call for a greater anointing. Amen. And so cultivate all the things you want to cultivate in the lives of your children. But don't do that at the expense of spiritual growth in their lives. Amen. If they want to play ball, if they want to golf, if they want to be hunters and fishers and all of those things, there's nothing wrong with that. But don't crucify, don't crucify their spiritual calling at the altar of some of those things that aren't gonna matter at all in the end. It's not gonna matter at all. It's not wrong, not evil, I'm not saying that, but we need to say, Lord, help us to be sensitive. Man, let's stand. I'm gonna pray for every parent in this house right now in Jesus' name. Lord, I'm asking you today to touch every parent, not only that's in this house, touch every parent that will, that will hear this, Lord. I'm asking us to share this news. Lord, let the spirit of the Holy Ghost touch every mother and every father. Let us seize the moment today, God, and step into and cultivate the spiritual aspects, Lord, of what you're trying to instill and impart into the lives of children today. Oh God, you're gonna raise up a generation. You're going to have a church. You have a church. You have a church, and you're gonna use young people, Lord. You're gonna use their voices. <laughs> Lord, you're going to do it, Lord. You're going to do it, Lord. You're going to do it, Lord. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Help us to be sensitive to your spirit. Help us to be sensitive to your spirit. Amen, amen. Praise God. Praise God. Jesus, we're gonna give you praise and we're gonna give you glory. Let it be so. Amen. Let us, let us speak it as being so right now in the name of the Lord. Amen. This was not a mother, by the way, that was trying to live vicariously through her son. She can't sing. She can't play herself. She's not trying to live vicariously through her son. It was a mother that just seized a moment. But by the same token, I've often thought since that conversation of how damaging it may have been if she would have said, that's silly. Those two words could have put out a fire, a wet blanket on something, and we may not be blessed today by that. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for standing. I appreciate what I feel here today. Amen. And uh, this past week, we kicked off a couple of our connect groups. This past Thursday, our ladies uh, met and um, created and heard a lot of wonderful things about that. And then yesterday afternoon, 
uh, one of our other fellowships called Side by Side. We went for a ride yesterday. Amen. We come home singing in the rain. <laughs> to say the least. My clothes were still wet this morning after hanging out all night long. But uh, we had a wonderful time. I told Brother Davis as we were riding along, we're making memories, brother. We're making memories. <laughs> Praise God. September the 5th, another Connect Group Walk by Faith. And uh, if you have any questions about that, please see Sister Chelsea Boyette. And then also you can see Sister Chelsea concerning our hug sleepover on September the 16th. Also want to remind everybody that on October the 4th, 5th, 6th, and 7th in the city of Orlando that we are, uh, the United Pentecostal Church is bringing its annual general conference. And so if you plan to attend, it is important for you to understand that you need to register to attend these services. There is no charge, but you need to register and you will be given uh, some sort of identity. They'll send you something back in, the e in an email. And uh, so if you want to go, we certainly want you to do that. The last time Florida was able to host the general conference was in 2007, and so that's been 15 years ago. Prior to that, it was 34 years before the general conference had been in Florida, and so uh, we want to take advantage of this being close to us, and if you can attend at all, we certainly want you to feel and be a part of that. I also want to say a special thank you from my heart, from my heart for everyone who has been working for several weeks behind the scenes on some improvements around here, around the church, and uh, and then more specifically, those that have been working since we dismissed last Sunday morning. There has been someone here at the church day and into the night every day, and uh, so I appreciate that so very much. I really mean that with all my heart. And so if you were in the throes of working, or if you were in the throes of just bringing a a bottle of water by for somebody to be encouraged and strengthened. We appreciate that. And I also want to tell you that there are more improvements that are coming. We're going to be renovating our restrooms here in this sanctuary, and that's going to take place soon. And as soon as we have everything that we need to complete the project these days, you can't just run down and get everything you need. And so we got to make sure we have everything on site here. But as soon as everything is here that we need to complete the project, that means that we will not have restrooms in this building for a couple of weeks. We'll have to use the annex restrooms because it'll take us a little while to do that. And so that's going to be in a little while down the road, but I'm just going to lob that out here today because I know how people respond to shocking news. So I'll just go ahead and throw that out there and we can go ahead and let that be marinating for a little while. But uh, I appreciate those that have been working again behind the scenes trying to come up with a plan, something that will work for us. It's always easier to do than to redo. And so you got to really think out the redo projects. But I appreciate that so much. Isn't the Lord good? Amen. Amen. Well, I'm glad to be here today. Glad to be in this pulpit. Brother Chris Osborne, thank you for an anointed word. Man, oh man, what an anointed word from the Lord this morning. Praise God. We've been blessed. Brother Everett Bird blessed our heart this past Wednesday night, helmet of salvation. And, and I leaned over this morning and I said to my wife, I said, the Lord has just blessed us with great ministers here in the church. Very thankful for that. Amen. If you, uh, you can just remain seated, but I want to take our and draw our attention to the book of Mark today, the book of Mark chapter six. And uh, I want to just speak to you for a little while about something that I feel in my spirit and I believe that it is certainly pertinent and relevant for this moment. 
And a moment ago, just in prayer for our children, I believe it just kind of solidifies what I feel in my spirit today. I believe that the church is, is the church on earth is just merely an extension of God's grace to mankind. And I believe if, the, if, the, if we only look at the church as some sort of social club or uh, a place that we gather and have food and fun and fellowship, then we miss a large portion or perhaps we even miss the portion of why the church is on this earth. I believe that God is desiring to use you and I as an extension of him that we should just be Jesus wherever we go. We should be the church wherever we go. When Jesus said to his disciples, and many of you know that as he began to choose them, when he walked past them, he said, follow me. He said to some fishermen, he said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Little did they know what was really in store for them. It was not a detailed job description. It was just follow me, follow me. Perhaps one, uh, perhaps some of those of those that were fishermen, literally fishermen, maybe they had a clue of what he was talking about because that was their vocation. They were fishermen. They were fishers of fish, and he's talking about being fishers of men. But I believe that somehow through that they got the concept of what he was trying to call them to do: follow me. More than once in Scripture, do you? Do you find the Lord making that admonition to follow, to follow him, amen, to follow him. But you see, fishing for men to these men who even could understand somewhat of what the Lord was talking about, fishing for men was gonna be a new concept altogether. Fishing for men means that we have to go where they are. If we're gonna fish for mankind, then we gotta involve ourselves in mankind. You've gotta go where they are. Fish don't just jump into the boat. Fish just don't jump into the frying pan. Somebody has to go where they are. Fishing for men, it requires time. It requires energy, effort. Fishing for men is a lot of work. When I say men, I'm not excluding our women. I think you understand what I'm talking about. Fishing for mankind. Fishing for mankind means that we have to do more than just put a sign out by the road and hope somebody pops in. Hope somebody shows up. We've got to be proactive. And I want to talk today in that, in that scope. I want to talk about the church. And I want to speak specifically about the sent church. Because I believe that we're not just the planted church. We're not just the built building, the established church. But I believe that God is looking for a sent church. Amen. It means that we cannot just put a sign out, as I mentioned a moment ago, but we have got to do something more than just say come. But I believe that God is calling the church to go, to, to engage ourselves, to, in, to put ourselves in gear and to do something about the lostness of man. The scripture teaches us to go ye into all the world. And men, that's not only what Jesus said to his disciples, but I believe that is the commission of the church at large to go to be the sent church. I believe that we can agree. We find ourselves standing amid this ever increasing uh, economic hindrances on this side or that side. 
And I realize where we are today, we can look around us. It doesn't take a, a real brilliant person to realize that there's a lot of unsettled air blowing in the world and winds that are blowing in the world today. And we find ourselves standing in all manner of hindrances. There's a lot of things that we could pause at, a lot of altars we could bow at today. But despite the glaring truth of some hindrances around us, I believe that we also all understand the value of faith, the value of faith as it relates to what God is wanting to do. I understand that there's a thin line between faith and foolishness, but I wanna stand also and boldly declare that thin line. There is a thin line between faith and foolishness, but everything that is foolish is not faith. Amen, everything that seems, everything rather that is a faith is not something that's foolish. Everything that is of God, everything that is following the will of God, it could be foolish to the cynic, it could be foolish to the critic, it could be foolish to those that are carnal, but I believe that we understand this faith element and when it seems like that we should be going this way but God is leading us to go this way we need to say Lord we're going to put our trust in you and our confidence in you because the church's call is not to just put some money in an offering plate and support a missionary whether that's on our home soil or foreign lands but I believe that God is calling you and I to minister and be ministers as well Amen. We can't just put an offering in a plate. We can't just sign up online and say we're gonna support North American missions and global missions and then we think, well, now I'm, my job here is complete. My task is over. No. The Lord planted us here in this body. I believe that many years ago the Lord sent my wife in here to be a pastor and a shepherd of this church, but I don't believe we were the only ones called to this church. But I believe that people that are sitting on these pews this morning were equally called to this church. I don't believe you are called here to just sit and be a recipient, to just be an audience member, to just be a spectator, but God has called us to be a participator and say, the Lord has called me for such a time as this, and so I need to figure out what it is that I am supposed to be doing and what my contribution is supposed to be in all of this. I believe that God has called us all to ministry, amen. And seeing now that we have this ministry, we faint not. Seeing now that God has called us to the ministry, we faint not. Our text today speaks of those who were sent into the world by the command of the Lord. We see them going, and I believe that we can find a clue as to how we can go in that same power. When we first turn to the book of Mark, chapter six, and verse number seven, the Bible says he called unto him 12. He called those 12 men to him and then the scripture says that he sent them forth two by two. Jesus called them and then he sent them. He called them out of the world and then he put them in the church and then sent them from the church to be a witness. They had been preparing for this moment. They had been being polished and trained and perfected for this moment because they had been following him. And so here we are his disciples. Amen. And so he has called us and we got to learn from him. There's a difference I believe in how we respond to a journey when we're just along for the ride or if we are riding along on a journey realizing that one of these days I am gonna be responsible to make this trip for myself. 
Amen. I just want to back up and say that again. I believe there's a difference in how we respond to a trip. If we know in the back of our mind, all I gotta ever do is just ride. I don't really have to pay attention. I don't have to look around. I don't have to be observant. But when I'm in the passenger seat and I realize somebody's showing me how to get somewhere, but I know that on the heels of this lesson that I'm gonna be responsible for getting there myself and getting home, I gotta put the book down. Amen, I gotta quit just looking around and gazing I gotta start taking some mental notes because I realize one day I gotta get from here to there and from there back to here. You can hear, oh hallelujah, you can hear the message of salvation preached and if you just sit back and think in your mind, I'm never gonna have to share this with anybody. I'm never gonna have to tell this myself. Well, you can afford to take a nap in church. You can afford to go spend some time outside. You can afford to go get some water three or four times in the annex, but if you know that I'm sitting here and one of these days I'm gonna have to break this book open for myself. I'm gonna tell you, I better sit down and listen. I better open my mind. I better open my eyes, hallelujah. If I am gonna be a part of a sent church, then I had better make sure that I get this ingrained in my spirit. I better make sure that I got this in my heart, not just in my heart. I gotta get this in my head. I gotta know how to break down the word of God right to buy the scripture so that I can get someone from a pew to an altar of repentance and from an altar of repentance to a pool of baptism and from a pool of baptism hallelujah, hallelujah to an experience of being born again of the water and of the spirit hallelujah hallelujah amen amen, I gotta pay attention so if we realize that, that I'm gonna be responsible for this, amen, I, my approach is gonna be a little bit different. Initially, the disciples, they left what they were doing to follow him. That was the initial call. But now they were being tasked with a brand new responsibility and that was to take what you have learned and put it in practice. Now at some point, to some degree, Perhaps all of us have been in some kind of training, whether that's secular, spiritual, whatever it may be. And you realize that you're gonna work alongside someone on your job. They're gonna shadow you and, 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 and you're gonna watch them and, and then they're gonna spend a few days and they're gonna just watch over you and then one day they say, okay, if you need me. And it always feels different right there, don't it? Because at first you were just watching them. Secondly, even though your hands were at work, they were right there. If something goes wrong, they can, uh, they can catch it and they can correct it. And then all of a sudden one day you look up and it's just all on you. And good, bad, or ugly, you gotta figure it out. Amen. And so, you know, I can remember my first message the first time I ever preached, studying and praying and fasting and all of those things, I thought I had enough material to preach four general conferences. Could have at least preached a three-week camp meeting. And in about three and a half to four minutes, <laughs> I had said everything I knew to say. You realize there's a little bit more to this. 
and doesn't go as far. I know there's differences of opinion right here. <laughs> I ask you to keep them to yourself. And oh Lord, forgive them what they're thinking right now in Jesus' name. But if we're gonna be an effective witness, then we too have gotta to have some kind of a similar preparation because you cannot give someone what you don't have. And you cannot lead someone somewhere you have never been. Amen, you will not have anything to share if you have not had something poured into your heart and that comes, amen, that comes one way and that is spending time in God's word and spending time in prayer. You gotta be with him if you're gonna be able to share anything about him, hallelujah. If you've been filled with the Holy Ghost and you're walking with him, then you have what it takes to start. You have what it takes to begin. If you don't understand every little scripture there is, that's okay, share what you know because no one, no one has something more powerful than what you possess, and that is your own personal testimony. If you just start out by saying, look, like the blind man, I don't know all of this, but i just say one thing, that yesterday I was blind, and today I can see. We can say yesterday I was bound, but today I am set free. Yesterday, I didn't know what I was gonna do, but today God has put hope in my heart and in my life, hallelujah. Oh, I'm thankful to know that the Spirit of God has put us apart of not just any church, but I want us to say it together. We're a sent church. Amen. I am a part of a sent church. We're not here to wait time out. We're not here to just try to marry a few young and to bury some of the old and hold on with our fingernails until the Lord comes. But I'm gonna tell you, we haven't seen the last person repent and we've not baptized the last person and we haven't seen the last person filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You know why? Amen. Not only do I know that because it's in the book, but I know what God has told me as a pastor and as a shepherd. And I know the visions that God has given me. And so when I look around and I don't see that vision coming into fruition and I look around and sometimes I see the very opposite of that, I'm gonna look back at the devil and say, not today. Amen, not today. I know what the Lord has promised. And so I'm gonna keep myself connected to a sent church, to a sent church. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Brother Rayleigh said it so many years ago, we can see the dust, they're coming. Amen, we see their dust a long way off. Amen, to all that are afar off. I'm planning on being here Wednesday, the Lord willing. I'm planning on being here next Sunday, the Lord willing. You know why? Because there's some coming from afar off and I wanna make sure when they get here the lights are on. I wanna make sure when they get here the doors are unlocked. I wanna make sure when they get here, amen, they don't just read a bunch of testimonies of how it used to be and what used to happen, but I wanna make sure when they get here, amen, it's apostolic in the parking lot, it's apostolic in the foyer, there's apostolic power in the first song, there's apostolic power in the teaching, there's apostolic power in the preaching, there's apostolic power in the altar, hallelujah, hallelujah, because the church, the church is a sent church, it's a sent church. Praise God. Praise God. 
The Bible says in Mark chapter six and verse seven, and he gave them, the disciples, he gave them power over unclean spirits. Amen, they didn't go forth on their own power. They didn't say, he didn't say, well, get you guitar and put some new strings and we wish you the best. But he said, I'm gonna baptize you with authority. I'm gonna baptize you with anointing. Where would that, that anointing come from? That power and that authority came from, it came from Jesus. It came from that same Jesus that when he began to teach in the temple, they said, we've never heard anybody teach like this. That didn't mean they had never heard anybody teach. They had heard the greatest of teachers teach. They had heard the greatest expositors. They had heard, of the, but they said, we have, never, we have never heard someone speak with this kind of authority, with this kind of power. It wasn't the eloquent words. Paul said, I'm not coming to you in the excellency of speech. I can't come to you and be dazzle you with words. I can't come to you and, and with all of the fluff and the frills, but I'm gonna come to you in the power and the authority of the Holy Ghost. I'm gonna tell you now, amen, there's some speakers that I can't compete with. Amen, their education far exceeds mine. Their vocabulary far exceeds mine. But I'll tell you what I can do. I can come with the Holy Ghost authority. I can come with Holy Ghost anointing. I can come with Holy Ghost power. And that power, that anointing, it doesn't break the chain. It doesn't break the yoke. It destroys the yoke. And so alcoholism can't stand. Amen, family issues can't make it. Drug addiction can't make it. Sin has no hold. Why? Because there is an authority that, that will destroy the chain, destroy the power, destroy the yoke. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm thankful to be a part of a sent church. A sent church. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. And so the church went out. And so the disciples went out. And so the disciples went out and they went forth in the power of God. Not in the power of Mark. Not in the power of Matthew. Not in the power of no, 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 amen, not in the power of a man, but they went forth in the power of God. And the Bible says they were given authority, they were given authority over the power of darkness. And so I will tell you this today, that we may laugh or we may smile or grin in our spirit over a little child's song, but there's so much power when we're teaching our children to say this little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine, I'm gonna let it shine let it shine, let it shine. It's not a nursery rhyme. It's not just some kind of a gospel nursery rhyme. It is the power of God, the light of the world, the light of hope. Amen, shines in the heart of the church, or it should. It should. Amen, we should desire to share what the Lord has done for us. I believe the great commission, go ye to all the world. That doesn't just apply to missionaries. That doesn't just apply to pastors and licensed credentialed ministers. That applies to everybody. Amen. And so if we are prepared if we know him, but we're only prepared if you know him. You're empowered when you obey him. And so there's a lot of people that know, but they're not empowered because they haven't obeyed. There's a difference in being called to a pulpit ministry and actually becoming a pulpit minister. 
I've met people through the years that have felt called to the ministry, but they never accepted that call. They never did anything about it. They never obeyed the call. And so consequently, they're not empowered to the call because you've got to obey if you're going to be empowered. Amen. Mark chapter 6, verse number 8. I'll read down through verse 11. And, and commanded them that they should take nothing for their journey, save a staff only, no script, no bread, no money in their purse, but be shod with sandals and not put on two coats. But he said to them, In what place soever ye enter into a house, there abide ye till ye depart from that place. And whosoever shall not receive you. Now this is a, a frightening passage of scripture. We'd like to gloss this over. We really would. Whosoever shall not receive you nor hear you when you depart thence, shake off the dust under your feet for a testimony against them. Because mm. you see, it's not just about them, Brother Trail, saying no, not today. This is serious stuff. Let me ask you something today. In a, in a society, in a Christian society that talks so little about hell and everybody's going to heaven, then I just ask you, who is hell prepared for? And why is she opening her mouth without measure? It's frightening to think what is going on in, in our world today. But the Bible says that if they won't receive you to shake the dust under your feet, not just so that you don't take it from one place to the other, it was for a testimony against them. Amen. It was God closing a door. This was not merely an antic. This was not merely an antic. Amen. He said, Verily I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. And so I want to say to the church today, that if someone rejects the gospel, don't take that personally. They rejected Jesus. They rejected his apostles. Amen. They, they rejected those that were, and the Bible said it wasn't just sometimes individuals that rejected, but he said if you go to a city, if you go to a city and they reject you, then God is going to deal with them. The Bible says in Ezekiel, I know you've heard me say it a couple of times through the years, more than a few, that Ezekiel was said to the Lord. He said, go, and if they hear, they hear, and if they reject you, they reject you but this is not about you Ezekiel this is not about revival numbers this is not about pamphlets that you can print this is not about something you can post on your social media wall he said all of this that they may know there was a prophet in their midst what are you saying he said Ezekiel I have you where I have you amen and if they receive you that's fine but if they don't when they reject you they've rejected me and when they reject me you are going to stand in judgment as judgment against them I hope you're all right with this preaching amen but I'm going to tell you it's the word of God amen it is the word of God he said shake the dust off and when you shake that dust off that's going to be a judgment against them I'll tell you what you'd have a hard time doing brother Wayne Williams and that's gathering that dust back up you'd have a hard time gathering that dust back up shake that it's going to be a judgment against them God's watching 
He's watching. Amen. The good news is I'm about halfway through. I just saw that. Amen. Amen. In this instance, Jesus commanded them to go forth in faith. And he said, I'll provide for your needs. You just, you just go. And they were to learn an important and really an invaluable lesson. And that lesson is they can trust God to provide for their needs. And, and the Lord had called them not only to do the work, and he was not only going to give them the spiritual authority and power necessary, but he was also going to provide whatever they needed. At this point in the ministry of Jesus, he was beginning to teach them how to have faith. And I believe that we have got to reach that point that we understand that God is in charge. He has this. So we just go forth. And we go forth not only in his power, but we go forth in his faith, trusting that he will supply our every need. You know, when you, I'll go back just a moment. When you think about Ezekiel, and you don't have to read anything into the scripture to find what I'm fixing to refer to. But, but later Ezekiel was, was told, Ezekiel, they, they love to hear you speak. And they love to hear you sing. But that's where it ends. Amen. And so sometimes people just want the feeling But it's more than just a feeling. This is more than a feeling. Because in any relationship, you don't always feel warm and fuzzy. <laughs> That's the truth. Sometimes the people you're the closest to can be more prickly than warm and fuzzy. You, you can be seated. It's not always fun. Not always easy. But we got to stay committed to what, what we have, what we feel God has started, the fire, the ember that is in our heart. Amen. Let me move forward. In verse 12, he said, and they went out and preached that men should repent. And we turn our attention now from the messengers We've been talking about the disciples. So we will turn our attention for just a few moments here from the messengers of the king to the message of the king because the messenger needs a message. And that message was pretty plain, pretty simple, but yet profound. And that message was repent. That's the same thing that John the Baptist came bellowing out of the wilderness like a madman. Repent, repent. Jesus followed that. Repent, the kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God is at hand. I mean, the disciples had heard John and they had heard Jesus and now it was their time and they were preaching the same thing. And so when they went forth, they understood the message they preached. The disciples preached the message that men had to turn from their wicked ways. Amen, they had to lay down their lifestyle. They had to pick up something that would be new and different, a change, a change point. And so here's sometimes a struggle in the minds of people is they only consider what they're laying down and not considering what you're taking up. When, when I was a teenager around town, they may still do it, I don't know, but when I was a teenager around town, locally here in Brantford, uh, where 
the land's watermelon warehouse is now used to be a fertilizer place called Kaiser's. And so what you did on the weekends, you went to Kaiser's. And the reason you went to Kaiser's was because there was so much going on. And you just part and sit out there and ride out 60 gallons of gas. Come back and park a little while more. And in order for me to move on with my life, I had to, I had to give up Kaiser's. It's quite a sacrifice. But I can remember after I, I left and had moved to Central Florida and got married, and we'd come back up here to visit my parents. And I can remember going to town on the weekends, and some of the people I went to school with were still sitting there. <laughs> I'm telling the truth. I'm like, wow. <laughs> Just can't give it up. And if they would have waved me down and said, man, why, not, why aren't you here? I'd have to just tell them because I set this down because I found something a lot better. I found something way, way better. Way better. If you just count what you're giving up and not count what you're picking up, the devil will hamstring you and say, man, I don't know about that way. I don't know about all this. I'm gonna tell you something. I never let go of anything in this hand that God didn't fill it back up in this hand. Hallelujah. And it's been worth every mile of the trip. You hear me? It's been worth every mile of the trip. I gave up misery. I gave up heartache. I gave up sorrow. I gave up potential of wrecking and ruining my life. Hallelujah. I'm thankful that he filled me with his spirit. I'm thankful that he anointed me and baptized me with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I'm not worried about what I gave up. I'm worried about what I pulled in and what he's brought my way. Hallelujah. 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 In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Out, musicians, if you come, praise God. Praise God. Amen. Repentance. It's a powerful message. It's a blunt message. You can stand if you'd like. It's a, it's a blunt message. John the Baptist. Oh, no Dale Carnegie course in his life. No. It was... John the Baptist, turn or burn. That was his message. Because he understood something that when you repent, it gives God room to restore. When you truly turn around, that is when God has the opportunity to fulfill the prophecy of, amen, of Joel. He can restore things that have been taken away. Give back. Praise God. I, I know that, that I had not planned to share this story, and I know I've shared it multiple times. Certainly I've shared it here. But many years ago, something happened that just, I, 
I'm, I'm still talking about it because it impacted my life so much. Of a young lady named Kathy that had just destroyed her life on drugs. She was from a, a very, very wealthy, influential family, South Louisiana and South Texas oil people. And her mom and dad had spent just tens of thousands of dollars on the finest, the greatest of those that could try to help her and no one could seem to help Kathy. Her mind was so destroyed on drugs until she was just a shell of a person. And there was a little Italian lady named Sister Marie Thomas that attended this local church. And I'm not really sure how Sister Marie Thomas found out about Kathy, but but Sister Marie Thomas, not a licensed minister, not an ordained credentialed preacher, but just a lady that felt like she was a part of a sent church. Sister Marie Thomas said, I believe that I can love her to God. You know how many cynics could have surrounded her? Say, hey, we've had her to the best of the best. And they all sent her home. The last institution she was placed in by her parents was in Houston and it was the last ditch effort and they could do nothing with her. Sister Thomas started bringing her to church. She was so out of touch with what was going on around her that when it was time to stand, she would have to tell her to stand. And when it was time to sit down, she'd have to tell her to sit down because she just couldn't function as a normal person. Her brain was just gone. But she just began to love her. Well, probably not much good to do a Bible study with somebody like that. Search for tooth flip chart. Probably not going to help in this instance right now. She can't even function. But something about the love of God flowing, flowing. And little by little, they begin to work with her. She, Sister Marie began to work with her and talk to her about repentance. And one night she went to an altar of prayer and began to pour her heart out. And God began to do a work in her mind and in her life. She went to an altar of repentance. She went from there to a pool of baptism and God baptized her not only in water, but he filled her with the spirit of the Holy Ghost. And little by little, God started putting the pieces of her life back together. Sister Kathy became a part of the church. She was the church organist. She was single. One of the young men of the church, they began to date. And her doctor, who had been along for this entire ride, said, Kathy, you you could never have children because of all the things you've been through in your life, you'll never have children. That was fine. She had life. She had a husband, had a family. But you know, in time, God gave them children. (laughs) And to this day, it hasn't been all that long ago, we were in that church. And uh, if I'd known I was going to tell this story, I would have shared a picture. We took a picture with her and my wife just not all that long ago. Still living for God. Because somebody said, I want to be an ascent church. 
I don't want to leave this to the responsibility of the preachers and the ministers and the children's ministry, youth ministry. No, no, no. Let me be a part of the sent church. I just feel the Holy Ghost here today. And amen, if you need anything from the Lord, I believe it's right here. The Bible says that in verse 13 that they cast out many devils and they anointed with oil many that were sick and healed them. I'm gonna tell you that there's the power of hope and healing in this building today. And if you need anything from the Lord, God is interested today in making you whole. Praise God, he's interested today in making you whole. Let's magnify him in this house, shall we? This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.